Hello and welcome to How to Win the Lottery, Season 3, Premiere, Episode 1, A Touch of Jen by Beth Morgan. I am Joey Lewandowski. Hi. Starting the energy off right here in Season 3. Hello. You had to lean... You started the season so far back in your chair, and then you leaned forward for a single syllable. Hi. Three words, four syllables, 30 seconds of podcasting, quality stuff. What's your name? What am I calling you today? Uh, Bobby. Cool. We are kicking off our internet module with A Touch of Jen by Beth Morgan, a book that surprised me significantly, like twice. Yeah, uh, there. Yeah, I, I agree. I was su- really surprised once. What is this book about? There's like a psycho twist yeah. in, the, in the middle. Yeah. This book is... Which uh, is a very hard question. I understand that. I don't know. It's about um, forming a toxic relationship with a person's internet personality mm-hmm. and allowing that toxicity into your day-to-day life. Is that is that a succinct way? Sure. That, yeah, it? that's what it's about. Yeah. I guess that's, that's the answer to my question. Yeah. It's not what succinct? happens. Succinct? Succinct? Succinct. Succinct? You don't, you don't do the... Succinct? 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 No. Succinct? Who does that? Succinct. Succinct. That's succinct. psycho shit. What are you doing? Succinct. Stop it. Succinct. End of the podcast. This is weird. Succinct. We already recorded the next episode, but this is weird. Succinct. I can't get out of it. <laughs> our succinct. Main, our main characters are Remy and Alicia, who are dating. They're probably about 30. Is that name? Right? Name one other character named Remy in pop culture. The rat from Ratatouille? Is that is that true? I think so. Did you not have an answer? The skinhead from Higher Learning. What is Higher Learning? You never seen Higher Learning? No. Higher Learning is a movie with Ice Cube, Omar Epps, Christy Swanson, Michael Rappaport. Pat Oswalt as Remy. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, there is... He's the titular Ratatouille. There is, of course, uh, Remy LeBeau, who is Gambit from the X-Men. You were so surprised that I got that question right. No, no, I, I thought I thought you were going to name one of the ones that I knew. Don't know either of them. Yeah, well, you know who Gambit is. Yeah, I didn't know his name was Remy. Remy, he's Cajun. Like your boy, Canning Chatham. Mm. Mm-hmm. Of the, he's the titular dog. He is Gambit. He was Gambit until it got canceled. Yeah. Until it got gambled. All right, let's get this shit together. What are you doing? Remy and Alicia. Put, put us on track. <laughs> Remy and Alicia are about 30, probably, right? Yeah. Working service jobs, living in Brooklyn. They always felt younger than they were. Yeah. I was always surprised when you, when you when you learn how old they are, which I think is the way of the world now, because I don't feel like I'm uh, 58 years old, and yet here I am, 58. I think you've aged <laughs> terribly since we started the podcast. Yeah. I think that's part of the point, that they're they're not only like not living up to their potential, but they're just like, they're... Well, I think, yeah, it's it, like potential is such a fluid thing these days, right? Because you have like since, uh, I guess, 2008, probably um, jobs don't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are well-educated uh, are in service industry jobs, which obviously there's no no shame for, but there's a lot less money. And so they end up living the lives of much younger people. The character, the woman that Remy and Alicia become obsessed with is the... I, I used it as a joke before, but I'm using it seriously now. The titular Jen, who is a, a woman that... Oh, but is she the titular Jen? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, she is. 
Eh. She might not be the titular touch. Eh. But she's the gen in the touch. Debatable. Let's go. Okay. But she used to work with Remy at a restaurant of some kind, mm-hmm. Alaska's. And she is now successful in society's eyes because she's an aspiring artist. But really, all she did was find the guy with money. Yeah, she's also, like, in some ways a quote-unquote influencer, right? Or, or like, she... Or aspires to ...has be. the air of an influencer um, in that her posts are... <laughs> what? <laughs> Keep that in. Don't cut that out. Um, she, <laughs> she is a... <laughs> Some, some guy just let out like a groan of like not pain just like defeat um so she's living the life of an influencer which is to say that she is posting uh a lot of pictures of herself but aspirational pictures yes. of herself ones that frame her life as something to be emulated and they often come with sort of one line vapid cliches about the nature of happiness or yep. of uh, how to better oneself or, yep. or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When in reality, when they actually meet up with her in the narrative, she's kind of fat. Is she? Yeah, they talk about her like round belly. Okay. She's not as, her face is not as pretty as Remy remembers. It just feels like she's happier. She's content, but she's living this life, like this perfect life. And like in reality, she's just like a girl dating a rich dude who's, he's not rich by his own means. His parents are rich. And she notably has braces, which is an interesting uh, quirk to her persona that uh, provides her with something that sets her apart from the millions of other people that are doing the exact same thing that she does. only just now realized that I was picturing Jen as a girl I went to high school with. You only realize that now? Yeah, like, I think I realized it, like... It clicked into place? Somewhat, yeah, because, like, I didn't think about casting, really. Like, we did the fantasy casting thing, and I... I cast their roommate Jake as Brad Pitt from True Romance because, like, he's just given Floyd vibes. Oh, I thought Nicholas Braun. Also good. Cousin Greg as Jake. Yeah. I didn't really think about, but I was just, I just realized that, like, this girl I went to high school with, I was picturing as Jen, but I didn't, like... Weird. Yeah. No other word. Is this a person you're friends with? No. Have you seen her since high school? No. Yeah, you're creepy. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, what's the, what's her name? Let's let's no. let's get her out here. No, nope. <laughs> their roommate Jake, Remy, and Alicia live together with the roommate Jake, who they hate, even though he's a nice guy. He's just kind of like doofy, and like they just—he's great. I would love that guy. When we do our Patreon rank the characters, he's probably a B. He's pretty good. Yeah, and he's got a tragic backstory that you realize that one of the reasons why these other characters dislike him is because they don't know anything about him. And they never bothered to ask him any questions. He's never here on Thursday nights. We, it's the one night we have ourselves. It's like, yeah, because he said AA. Like, yeah. AA? Mm. It's like a trauma meeting. Yeah. He's at like a grief, a trauma survivor's yeah. meeting. Support. Because his mom was murdered. Yes. There's Jen. There's Horace, who's Jen's boyfriend, who's a hippie, anti-surveillance state, anti-internet, your kind of guy. Okay. And there's a bunch of friends that, like, sort of orbit Jen. Well, Carla's certainly important. Carla used to work at Pelasco's, who is the link, basically, now between Remy and Jen. And even though they kind of run in, they actually do run into Jen organically, Carla is kind of the way that, like, 
she stays in their lives. Mm -hmm. This wasn't one of the two things that surprised me, but I think I thought there is a version of this novel that I think is only the trip to the Hamptons. Yeah, I I agree. So 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 the first third, maybe maybe a little more than the third, maybe half of the novel, Greg and his sorry, Greg, Greg, cousin Greg. Cousin Greg. That, that's why that was in my head. Okay, Remy and uh, Alicia Alicia mm-hmm. are collectively obsessed with Jen. They they stalk her Instagram. They uh, look at what she's wearing. They are track her movements. They fetishize her in a, in an interesting and creepy way. Um, Alicia, for example, wants to print out a picture of her face and wear it so that while that's like the first paragraph of the book. While uh, while they have sex, yeah. While while they're having sex, uh, Remy has a relationship with her with with Jen from previously. They had flirted, or he had thought they had kind of relationship, and so he feels this connection with her that. Becomes clear that she doesn't really feel right. No, I think it's almost like the. Do you ever watch the TV show Corporate? No. On Comedy Central, it was a very funny workplace comedy, dark workplace comedy. But there was an episode about the, you had the crush on the one who was there. It's just like the girl, she, the girl, the guy, whatever. They're not attractive, but the, they're the only person. The, the person like you're attracted to women. She's the only woman you see all day. You oh, have you ever her. seen that Onion article? That's like, turns out hottest guy in the office isn't even that cute. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just like when you only have one option. It's a proximity crush. Right, exactly. And it feels like that, like, Remy is in love with Jen, but Jen is just like, Remy is the one guy who she works with who, like, she can talk a little bit shit about, but, like, that's all it is. And so they have the same relationship with each other, but, like, they view it wildly differently. And we don't know, we don't learn how they collectively become obsessed with Jen, do right. we? No. Because they worked together almost three years ago, but mm-hmm. it seems like he's been holding a candle, holding a torch, whatever that phrase is for her, for years, to some extent. Candling a torch, I believe. Candling a torch. But he's also, to some extent, carried on a successful relationship with Alicia, even though it feels like he begrudges her the almost the entire time. But, like, I think they have a pretty good relationship. It's just, like, he's shitty to her. He's a very unpleasant person. Yeah, in a lot of in a lot of ways, um, which is funny because one of the things that I thought the novel did really well, there's a lot of cringe comedy type stuff in in especially the early parts of the novel, and something th- th- that I was shocked by was that I found myself really relating to Remy while also finding him like despising him sure and uh because like i can relate to this idea of like performative annoyance that he goes through him like he's always negative and it feels like when he's in social circumstances he finds shit to complain about and he finds ways to be mean to other people and like if i'm in a certain mood i'll do that so like i was when i was reading that i was just like Oh, like I recognize this in myself. So this is relatable. But Remy's like this all the time. Yeah. And it seems unsustainable. I think that warps the perception I had in figuring out the relationship he had with Alicia. Because it feels like he hates her. He he is only sort of using her to whatever end 
while he figures out a way to get with Jen or something. But, like, Alicia loves him and, mm-hmm. like, cares for him and, like, is willing to tolerate the fact that, like, her boyfriend is in love with another woman, even though I think she's okay with that maybe because, like, she knows there's no chance. But, like... Yeah, and also she's all in love with Jen in a, in a, in a way, too, in a way that's, like... A different way. Not romantic, but, like, she understands the obsession and she also wa- she wants to be Jen in the same way that Remy wants to be with Jen. Which I think is why, and I don't want to get to it yet, but when the first sort of big twist happens, it's like kind of like a gut punch. Yeah, I think that the, when when the twist, well, let's just say what the twist is. Like halfway through the novel, Alicia dies. Alicia dies, right? But it, it's interesting when Alicia dies because it seems like Alicia is on the path to becoming Jen, right? Something in Alicia has sort of cracked and she's started to dress like Jen. She stole Jen's cardigan. She she bought earrings from Jen's she bought earrings online from, Etsy shop, basically. She uh, is working at the place where she knows Jen gets her skincare and she told her coworkers to call her Jen. And she is, uh, when she's at home with Remy, she's often role-playing as Jen. Uh, to the point where the the novel, it's, what is it, third person, right? Uh, it's Alicia as Jen is her name. Yeah. It's not, it's no longer Alicia. It's Alicia as Jen side. Alicia as Jen rolled her eyes, whatever. Right. And so she's sort of mimicking what she understands to be Jen's personality from her limited interactions with Jen and from her Instagram, which obviously, like, we know that Instagram is presenting an idealized version of a person and not that person themselves. Right. But it feels like the, I don't know if it's the irony, but it feels like Alicia becomes her final form. Like, as she becomes Jen, essentially, she dies. I think she would have become more Jen, maybe, but it feels like she's gotten to a point, she has a new job, people call her Jen, she kind of, like, looks the part now she's acting the part now like all the pieces are in place and almost as soon as that all happens she dies well because right before she dies she's uh runs into jen right at her store um at the skincare store and they have what for jen is a really unpleasant interaction jen and horace are both really super freaked out by it and alicia seems completely not bothered by it at all she seems totally fine and she's even like oh yeah that's just a girl who's obsessed with me yeah so she's like really inverting their role she's really becoming jen she has jen's confidence she has jen's ease with other people but of course what happens in reality when you confront your doppelganger what's the how does that myth play out right you one of you dies yeah that's how that's how it works so alicia dies on the bike ride home from which i think is like that's also and i don't know that i really thought about it like this but in that to that end i probably subconsciously thought that like there's a version of this where jen dies or alicia kills jen and mm-hmm. then like sort of tries to start dating horace and takes her role but like it sort of seems like that's where the novels i'm glad that that's not what the novel did uh but like it's it, it seems like this horror novel of the internet consuming identities and ultimately that is what it is in a much much different way than how we initially see or how we initially predict that it's going to going to come to pass 
Because there's a whole third act here that gets wild that we'll get to. Yeah. So in 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 rewinding, when we go through the first act, they go to the Hamptons together to go surfing. Because well, they run into her at the Apple Store. They run into Jen at the Apple mm-hmm. Store. And also another thing that I wrote down is that she has B.O. They're like, oh, boy. Like, she's – like, they, they have this idealized version of her, and she's just, like, a little fat, and she's got B.O. Like, maybe it's the hippie thing. Who knows? But she's like, oh, we're going surfing in the Hamptons. You guys should come. Like, seemingly, like, don't actually come, but, like, I'm doing a nice gesture Whatever. Don't you don't you stay in touch with the Belasco's people? I do. You should come. And he's like, we're not going to go. And Alicia's like, oh, we should go. And then Alicia makes it happen by messaging Jen through Acting Instagram, as Remy. Instead pretending of, to be Remy and then deleting all of their message so that Remy can't see what they talked about, which is a very dangerous thing to do, I think. Well, and then we find out later that she's basically implying that they're in an open relationship and like, you know, he might want to hook up with her if, if Jen's down, essentially. Right. But Alicia does not tell Remy that. Right. Remy and Jen do hook up. Um, briefly. Briefly, but more importantly, um, during this interval at the Hamptons, Alicia sleepwalks and chokes Jen. And during the period in which Alicia is sleepwalking and choking... Which has been set up. She's done it before in the novel. During the period in which Alicia is sleepwalking and choking Jen, Remy witnesses... A weird face outside uh, that accompanies a knocking, which we'd been introduced to earlier in the text as well. Yep. So it's sort of this like... Kind of like a creature-ish sort of thing. Yeah, it feels like a very like uh, sleep paralysis-induced hallucination. It just feels like a stressful time. For, like, Remy's used to this now, but like, it's also a stressful time that they're, he's in a place where he doesn't really want to be. And he's with the girl, like, it's this whole thing, and then he he knows that, like, Alicia could maybe be dangerous, and then he just sees this thing, and it's just like, is that real, or is it not real, and... Um, so that's the first half of the book, probably. Because also, like, while this is all happening, like, Alicia is changing, I think this is what, there's an interesting thing about, like, it's the subversion or a different take on the Instagram thing, where it's like, Alicia is acting differently to fit in with these people. But she's also doing it in a way that I feel is not unhealthy, where she's just, like, trying to have a good time, and Remy's like, yeah, why, also, are you, why are you acting so different? Like, her voice changing and stuff like that, it's like, there is the type of person that is incredibly perceptive of that and views that as being fake. Right. But that's not the right perspective to have on something like that, because everyone switches their personality. When, that, that's code switching? Is that what that is? Well, co- yeah, code switching is often to do with things like vocabulary and stuff like that. But I mean, just to a certain degree, yeah, it's not unlike code switching. You, you, you know, you change your tone of voice and your personality when dealing with different people. But Alicia is, you know, kind of fitting in with these, with these folks. Um, It doesn't seem like she's forcing it. Like the, the narrative follows her like listening and like just sort of chiming in when she has a thing to say. And like, she's like faking things a little bit, but like, it seems like to a certain extent, she belongs. Like, it's clear, I think, that Remy does not belong. Well, she's also really good at surfing. She immediately picks up surfing and is good at Which it. Which rules. It's super cool. <laughs> right. And then, and Remy cannot surf no matter, until the very end. He and he almost on, kills somebody. Yeah, he gets on one wave and almost kills somebody. Yep. Um, and Alicia's also like, because these are all artists, aspiring artists, just like bougie, you know, parents, trust fund, kid, money types, it seems. She's like, I have this idea it's like a personal pod. It's like a spod. It's like a spa, but a personal pod. And she, like, becomes obsessed with this. Like, in a way that she's obsessed with Jen, but she's also obsessed with, like, impressing Jen and, like, becoming the artist that she, like, manifests. And I gotta say, I love the idea of the spod. The spod's a great idea, I think. Uh, have you seen Altered States? No. The Ken Russell movie written by Patty Chavsky? You should watch Altered States. Is there a spod? 
you can tell that Beth Morgan watched Altered States. Okay. I don't want to ruin Altered States for you. But there is a, uh, you know, it's a sensory deprivation tank, which is sort of what she's going for with the spot. Um, William Hurt is a scientist at Harvard, and he is using sensory deprivation and ayahuasca to go back to the origins of the universe. Oh, okay. And it alters reality. Him him being inside the the spot alters the reality around him in, in ways that are very difficult to reckon with. Because I think what's, what's funny about it is that Alicia is like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like a hot tub basically with like a roof on it. There's like a bookshelf in there. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just like, cause she, she has, she's not thought about this before this moment. No, but it's, it's also hilarious when she like makes it and we're just like, it looks like shit. It's terrible. It's like, she's made this wooden contraption that fits on top of it unevenly. She's like, oh my God, these wood, this, this wood fits together. And he's like, yeah, it's made to fit together. Yeah. Anyway, Alicia starts acting more and more like Jen. Remy keeps seeing visions of this like goblin-like creature, whatever. Uh, Jen is also really mean to Alicia in in a couple circumstances. Um, Alicia tries to hug Jen, and Jen tells her not to touch her. Jen refers to Alicia as a goblin. Yeah. Okay. So then, like we said before, Alicia dies because earlier in the narrative, there's... They're riding their bikes or whatever, and Remy says to Alicia, you really got to oil that chain. No, no, no. She says, some guy yelled at me. Yeah, it's like a stranger on the street that tells her to oil her chain. And so Remy's just like, so then fucking oil your chain. Yeah. What do you want me to do about this? But it sets up because, supposedly, there's no reason. I also kind of thought, like, is this going to come back? It doesn't. It's like, it's, it's seemingly what just what happened. Uh, her chain snaps, and she flies headfirst into a dumpster, killing her. Yeah. We've all done it. We've all done it. We've all flipped over the handlebars head first into a dumpster. And this breaks Remy. Yeah, breaks him, but he's, I think he deals with it in the way that you would deal with a significant other dying, right? He Sure. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying breaks in a bad way, but like, I think it was, it was surprising to me because he spends so much of this basically being like, you're so annoying. Stop yeah. it. It's funny how much of a dick he is to her family. Our family does sound like they suck. Yeah, well, y- yeah. But I guess they also sound like a regular family that, like, everyone sucks in those circumstances. You know, it's hard to, like... No, I get it. But, like, when, when their daughter dies and they come and they're like, oh, my God, uh, we bought all this kitchen stuff to last your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to take it back. And he's like, that's all of our stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I want to know what your take is on the paranormal agus. Well, we're we're going to get there, but I go ahead. So we haven't talked about the apple bush at all either, which seems important. So the apple bush is this like sort of like the secret kind of thing. It's a self help book that everyone's obsessed with, but they're like, it's like a it's a so bad. It's like the room. It's like the room of self help books, right? But it's all about recognizing signifiers, which is sort of um, you know postmodern literature right it's about like the 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 signifier so uh the the book is sort of reflecting on uh literary techniques and things like that to suss out narrative what else was funny was that the apple bush they, they mentioned they're like it doesn't even make sense because apples don't grow in bushes they grow on trees but we just read in the idiot right yeah that's right when he's just that's like, so funny he's like oh yeah you know like a, a grape bush or whatever and she's like i don't or whatever it was i think strawberries Strawberry, strawberry tree? Yeah, something like that. She's like, I don't think strawberries grow on trees. He's like, yeah, of course not, you fucking idiot. 
But like here, just like, oh yeah, we know. Like, but that's that's the joke. We think it's so funny. Yeah, it's so bad. Like the writing's so bad, but we love we love it. Right, and it sort of ends up uh, in some ways charting the course of their lives. Um, certainly, like Carla seems to take it more seriously than everybody else. Rightfully so, apparently. Yeah. But with Leisha out of the picture now, Carla shows up and is like, Remy, you should hook up with Jen. And he's like, why? She's like, because I want to go with Horace. Yeah, but it's framed, not, it's it's also framed in the context of the apple bush and how, like, she believes herself to be a person with extrasensory perception mm-hmm. and can see people's energies and the way that they, like, can can see into the future a little bit and tell people's fortunes. And she frames it like, this is the way that his life is going, right? But when in reality, she's really just trying to hook up with Horace. Right. Because this is also like the pivot point. Like Carla is basically the pivot point into the sci-fi portion of this novel. Yes. In a way that like is the second thing that I did not – that surprised me. Because like when you read this book, I don't think there's any way that your your mind makes the leap to like, oh, this is what this is about now, I guess. It's crazy. Like it, right. wor- it works for me in a way that like is surprising almost. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure it works all the way for me. but Because there's also at this time – when Jake is like, oh, yeah, my mom was murdered. Like, I can help you. Like, this is something that I'm, like, I'm good at. Mm-hmm. He's like, by the way, there's this app that if you, like, upload a contact to it, will just randomly text you things that they've texted you before. I think this might be a real thing that exists. It might be. It feels like it would work less often than it works. How many times, like, have we been, like, watching an episode of The X-Files where we're just talking about, like, Skinner or whatever, like it just it would it would be no context. Well, I think that's kind of the thing is that you know it does seem like Alicia knew Alicia when Remy does set this up. It does seem like Alicia's comments have direct relation to the things that he's experiencing. But at the same time, it is the the critical theory uh, ability to connect any two things, which right. is also like the fortune teller's ability to yes. predict through abstraction yep. and, and allow you to fill in the gaps. Um, so I think that's like what's going on here, obviously extended by the fact that it's a fictional novel and Beth Morgan can write whatever she wants in that to make the reader also right. fill in the gaps of those contexts. The funny thing, though, that made me feel seen was that the first text he gets from Alicia New is about Nicolas Cage with bangs. Imagine him with bangs. And obviously, had a whole podcast about Nicolas Cage. Also in this novel, they talk about Keanu Reeves, talk about Charlie Theron. And again, they talk about like a lot of pop culture in here. But I'm just like, these are like three people I've spent a lot of time thinking and talking about. And like, there's not like a ton of actors to talk about. But I'm just like... Yeah, in, in uh, our next book, Literally Show Me a Healthy Person... Darcy Wilder lists among the people she forgets have died. The first person Paul is Paul Walker. Walker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. It's wild. But the first text he gets from Alicia New is about imagining Nicolas Cage with bangs. Yeah. I'm just like. Have you have you ever? Uh, when reading this book. You hadn't previously? No. You hadn't imagined him with like. He's had a lot of different hair though. But you've never imagined him with a bowl cut? I've seen like Photoshop with a bowl cut. Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever have a bowl cut? No, I had a surfer cut. That's the same thing, basically. But it's like a style. It's like an upstyled yeah. bowl cut. Check the show notes. So Remy's seeking answers from Alicia New. This inanimate text. Because it's like, you can set settings. So like, if he texts her, she texts back immediately. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? 
and it's like vaguely helpful, but not even helpful. It's just like vaguely connected, like you were saying, right? He's yeah. also going to group th- group therapy. He's like, I'm really good at group grief therapy. Like, I'm really good at this. Like, I can tell a story. And I don't have to, like, I'm not clingy. He is pretty good at it. But he's, like, you know, he's that way that, like, some people are good at therapy because they, like, know how to navigate the language of therapy, right? It's because, not to harp on the podcast themes, but the entire world is made up with language. And if you can, like figure out language you can manipulate all sorts of realities sure he's also like from what we gather if he applied himself if he got a couple breaks like he's a charming smart articulate interesting to a certain extent yeah charming Uh, he's he could be i think right He's applying it in an anti-charm kind of way. Yeah. So the woman at the uh, the woman at the grief thing, um, he like calls out her bullshit. He calls out her bullshit when they they go out to a bar together afterwards, and she is trying to smash, and he is not interested. Um, and he's like, "You're just using your dead husband to pick up dudes. How long have you been doing this? Years?" Yeah, gets... which is like, back off, man. If that's yeah. what she wants to do, let yeah. her do it. But it's around this time that like weird things are happening. There's like an eight inch gash, like a claw mark in their counter, which like it reminded me of House of Leaves. Sure. If this happened to you, if you woke up one day and you went in your kitchen, there's just like an eight inch gash in the counter. Yeah. What would you do? I would assume that Jerry fucked up in some way. I would I would assume something happened and I would be like, what is this? And then he wouldn't tell me and I would assume that he was lying to me. Yeah. I would still assume that he did it somehow. I wouldn't imagine that it was, like, a creature. But, like, if, I think in the novel, like, he and Jake are looking at it together. And, like, Alicia's dead by this point. So, yeah. like, if they both didn't do it... Right. It's weird. And then there's black slime everywhere. Bathroom's dirty. Yeah. He starts hanging out with Jen, sees Alicia. Like, Jen becomes Alicia, like, glitches into becoming Alicia. And then he and Jen sleep together, and it's not great. But he did the thing. He climbed the mountain, I guess. Jake has bought a parrot. Love the parrot. Sandy. Gets the gets the parrot. Well, he buy, no, he buys the parrot earlier. He, he buys, buys, he buys it for Alicia. Yep. And then Alicia dies before she ever gets to meet the parrot. Mm-hmm. But he gets the parrot to learn how to say things like, I love you, Alicia. And suck my balls. And suck my balls. But the first time the parrot speaks is when it sees Jen. Okay. Alicia as Jen. Jen okay. is Alicia. Jen is Alicia. Maybe. This is hi, Alicia. Or good morning, Alicia, or whatever. Right. She's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. We gotta talk about the creature. What, what's the what's the name of the creature? What's the I word? think it's called a paranormalagus. And what is that? I have no idea. In the book, it's like an insectoid creature that has human lips mm-hmm. and sort of uh, glitches so that he sees it as something that's familiar. He sees... It's modeled after something, someone he knows. But he can't quite place who it is. He just recognizes features in it that are similar. If you're listening, you can probably guess who that is. He calls over Carla, and Carla's like, what this means is it's the thing that is blocking you. It's whatever you're... Toxic antagonist. You're meant to do if you get rid of that person... This thing will go away, and you'll be free to do whatever you need to do. He's like, oh, yeah, it's Horace. 
I see Horus. I'm going to go kill Horus. Yeah. Right. He's very chill about it. He's just going to go kill Horus. Mm -hmm. But before that, he fights the creature. That's when he calls Carla over. And Carla's like, I got to call the expert. There's there's a lady that she knows everything. Andrea from Group, who also is A.B. Fiskitchen, who wrote The Apple Bush. Too many coincidences for me. I'm out at this point. Really? Not out, but like this is a, a part where I stop really understanding what's going on. And I see the pivot toward a novel that's much more confusing and uh, seems to be embracing chaos in a way that I don't necessarily understand. So here's where it really worked for me. Because when we were talking about this, this book came out last year, last July, July 2021. So it's very new. It's very of the time. Yeah. I think what all this means is you're like, I don't know what the creature means. I think it was something that you texted something along that. When I have Bob yeah. in my phone, when I download that app and I upload all of our texts and you say something about that. Oh, please don't. I would never. Okay, then. I'm waiting for Bud to eulogize me two conversations <laughs> away. I think what what this all did for me, what this all meant for me, and maybe it's not right, but I think it's, it's the way that I interpreted it, is that I think this is the same way that Alicia became obsessed with Jen. I think this is the conspiracy culture. And I think this is all QAnon embodied. That, like, not QAnon, but that kind of thinking. Where it's like, this is the only thing, this has to be the thing. And you become so obsessive and fall down a rabbit hole of crazy bullshit that anyone else in the world, he goes out yeah, into the world, the... and he's just like, it's a normal world out there. Where, like... To the rest of the world, there is no proof that this thing exists. No one else sees right. it. And so they're, they're like these atomized people who are manifesting toxicity into a very real form that can attack you and destroy you. Right? Yeah. It's very similar to a Rick and Morty episode. Yeah. And, and and that sort of is uh, manifested by this uh, uh, self-help book and maybe the conspiracies within this self-help book, which is like self-help on the internet is a kind of cult and people, uh, you see it move in trends. You saw that Marie Kondo stuff took over the world for like two months and then disappeared entirely. Yep. And you can witness uh, various wellness trends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what, that's what it all does tracked to me because like there's a version of this story where and it might even be like the actual what actually happened where remy kills jake remy just like threat trashes his own apartment throws the paint everywhere because like there's coincidentally black paint mm -hmm. in the apartment mm -hmm. like all these things nobody else sees the creature and makes that alive people see the creature but are killed in that scene jen sees the creature and is killed there is it's it's to me it tells the story of like of believing too much in a thing that is clearly making you unwell and it's yeah. the conspiracy thing and i just felt like it was an interesting way to anthropomorphize a thing that's very dangerous about the internet right now okay i can yeah i can see that that that, that makes sense and i always sort of aim toward genre mm -hmm. and i think that this goes from being one thing that I really like in sort of like a hangout novel to being a genre novel unexpectedly. And I was like, I'm in. Like, this is cool. Yeah. So he drags her back. He drags Jen's uh, dead body back to his apartment. Well, he goes to kill Horace and he's not there because he's like, 
I know what the creature is. The creature's Horus. I gotta kill Horus. Jen's off somewhere, but Horus is gonna be there, and I'm gonna kill Horus. And then only is, only Jen is there, and Horus is somewhere else. And he's like, oh, no, the creature's Jen, so he kills Jen. Yeah. Like you said, drags her home. And puts her in the spod, at which point she's revived. And comes out as Alicia. And comes out as Alicia. So what's that, then? His breaking point? I don't have a direct parallel okay. to that. I think that just, like... I don't. Th- I don't know that we necessarily need a direct. Par- I. I don't. I. I want to like avoid overinterpretation of things because I think that like it's possible. It doesn't have to mean anything directly because you're just sort of riding the waves of of feeling and things like that. And this is. It, it, I. I see similarities between this and um, like uh, no sleep or. Uh, creepy pasta sure or whatever and so that that makes sense to me like i i can see this the manifestation of someone's obsession uh toxic obsession with instagram coming around and and claiming victims all over the place the same way that these the internet and and our relationship to it claims victims and in, in our in our own lives over yeah. and over again um and but the internet and instagram and instagram the internet's existence also is a preserving factor, right? Jen and Alicia are eternal because they have an Instagram footprint. They ha- you, you can always return to their yep. to their photographs. Those things will always exist. Maybe not always, but they'll be there for you can save those pictures. You can look at them, you know, uh, when people exist on the on the internet. They are there for forever. Although I think there is something I'm not, I don't know if this fits into the interpretation of the book or whatever, but when Alicia makes at touch of Jen on Instagram, she uploads one picture and it's just like of her alone. And Remy's like, it makes her look like a rope, like a bot. Like it doesn't look like a real account. And I think that there's something there too. It's just like, it would have become a thing. It was cut down before it's prime or whatever. And I think there's that weird middle ground where it's like, this is a real person. Like, do you know about the website? This is a totally different topic, but same thing. Thispersonisnotexist.com. No. So this website, thispersonisnotexist.com, which uses some kind of AI tool to procedurally generate a human face every time you, like, you refresh it to a new person. And they all look like real people. And they're not. They're all generated from different components of whatever. And my boss has written a lot about this and about how, like, you can combine this with other forms of technology to like create armies of people who are not real and like the this is sort of meant to be fun and like a showcase and a tool and whatever but like in the wrong hands it could be terrifying right because at the moment we can identify people who are catfishing by reverse google image searching and things like that but i think that there's something here where it's like it looks like that but it's actually a real person and there's something interesting about the inverse of like she was real but she was in this metamorphosis the transformation or whatever and was killed. She's a reverse catfish. Kind of. Yeah, it's fascinating. I also think that there's something, the metamorphic, like the, the Kafka thing, where it's like she literally is becoming a thing in real life, and then in death, in both of their deaths, it undoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's interesting. It um, Like, I loved it. I, I can't explain it, but I loved it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I like, I liked it a lot. Um, there's, it's, it's interesting. I'm always interested in like, I think when I, when I reviewed it, I referred to the tonal shift as like a something wild esque. Have you seen something wild? No. Okay, that's a movie that is uh, romantic comedy, and then 
Ray Liotta shows up and it turns into a fucking like really scary thriller in no time at all, which I just sort of like ruined the movie for you a little bit. But um, it's really, really good. And there's something about this that like I appreciated the swings that it was taken like from like the second that Alicia died. I was like, oh, so this is one of those novels where it's like all bets are off. Anything can fucking happen at any moment. Yep. And I should like respect. That. Well, I think that's what's exciting. We talked about this a little bit with Bud in the interview that we just did, where if you consume a lot of media, whatever media, I think you are trained, either consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously, whatever, to react to things in a certain way, and to sort of pick up the patterns of things. For sure. And when something bucks that in any way, it makes you sit there and be like, oh, and like, even if it's not good, and I think that both Teenager and this are great. I think that they're both... I'm, they don't fall into this. Like, even if something's not good, it's like, this is not what I expected it to be, and I'm interested. And I'd rather watch something bad and interesting than something that's, like, good, quote-unquote good, and just predictable. And I feel like in Teenager, when the parents die in the first 15 pages or here, where, like, ostensibly, the lead character, the one that's, like, the only character that we're following who's, like, doing anything is killed halfway through, which is like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the rest of this is going to be about. And that's exciting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the narrative momentum is suddenly completely halted. And now we have to deal with people who beforehand were passive. Now they have to be the ones who change. Cause I think even though it's told from third person, I think Remy is the main character. Yeah. Even before Alicia dies, she's like, the the main character's girlfriend as opposed to like the second the other main character i think mm-hmm. even though we follow her around a little bit like it feels like it's his story which makes sense because he's in the only one from start to finish but you know but yeah. he's also not doing anything like that's what's like it's it's weird that like we're following this guy who's just like annoyed i well i wonder if and this is like an interesting question for the internet era of of novels i wonder if we've like entered into a period of passive protagonists because most of our days function passively through through consuming yeah. and through uh observing rather than rather than any kind of action because there's like 30 pages of this book where he just watches 90s action movies because he's like That's depressed right. but it's just like yeah i'm gonna watch like five movies at least you would never want to watch because like i don't want to do anything else and it's like it sounds great to be honest yeah and i mean a lot of a lot of this novel works because the dialogue is incredibly sharp. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I that I like really appreciated was that I think I think like Beth Morgan is kind of like a wizard of the exclamation point. Like the exclamation point here is deployed like surgically. Um, it's so like because which is like a function of text messaging, which is right? a lot of this is like transcriptions of text. Yes. But 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 also like like it, when we talk, you can you know whether i'm up talking or whether i'm uh you know using sarcasm or whatever like you your brain interprets the italics and the punctuation however you want but like when we overuse exclamation points in emails or in text messages it's because we're trying to convey something like very specific about us like being agreeable and 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 not uh there's no confrontation here. We're like, we're doing like, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, t- meant to show something about us. So, so like specifically. And so like when almost all of Jake's dialogue or 
this might not even be true, but it's how I interpreted it when I was reading it. Almost all of Jake's dialogue seems to end with an exclamation point. It's like, okay, Jake is trying to make every situation super comfortable. He is doing what you do when you add exclamation points to text messages rather than what you do when you add exclamation points to speech. Um, He's like a puppy dog. Those, but those are completely different yes. things. And and so like the way that Beth Morgan is is applying the way that we interact interact on the internet in and, and like sort of allowing that to be absorbed into the way dialogue is written in books is really interesting and really and really funny because I don't think that like punctuation doesn't isn't normally used as a way to uh characterize people yeah exactly it isn't you know like hemingway is a notable exception to that like hills like white elephants is written with like comma splices and things like that on purpose and he has like very short declarative sentences with a lot of full stops and then long pauses things like that so like the, the you know that has happened before but i i, I feel like the way this book uses specifically exclamation points to deploy um, humor through tone is like really, really done well and really, really contemporary in a way that I like a lot. It's great. Because you think about like other ways that like dialogue characterizes people and it's, you know, like we were talking, like we will, like we will talk about <laughs> and literally show me a healthy person. Like just we're, like the, we're recording these out of order. We already recorded the literally show it's shorter than this. So we person. just want to, yeah. But like, the way that she, the narrator there, what she talks about gives you an indication of who she is. Uh, I think, like, the in other things, like, the, the the level of education, perceived education or whatever, in the instructions, the way that Botha speaks with, like, a very thick sort of Pittsburgh accent, like, makes him seem like a certain kind of person. But I think you're right. Like, I can't think of another example where, like, punctuation, because it feels, to a certain extent, like an afterthought. Like, your brain can fill in the punctuation, kind of. Or, like, in text, like, you don't often use punctuation. Yeah. And so to... Isn't both Australian? Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. I'm Sorry. also... I'm reading, like, a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. Okay. But, yes, I think he is. Anyway. But it also... It, it, it personifies him to a certain type of thing, though, mm-hmm. right? When Jake's like, ha-ha, exclamation point, or whatever, just like, oh, yeah, that that's a very, like, that's a psycho shit. But, like, that's also, like... Just having a good time here, man. Yeah, yeah. He's a puppy dog. He's yeah. trying to ease the circumstance. He's trying to be the calming presence in the room. He's trying to be pleasant all the time. In a way that, like, if you don't want it, it's very, like, obnoxious if you don't want it. Yeah. But then when they do want it, it turns out that Jake is the best friend that either of them ever right. had. Because I think, and I texted you this while I was reading this, that the main two characters reminded me of Richard Yates. Yeah, by Towlin. Uh, yeah, the, the novel Richard Yates, not the novelist Richard Yates. Yes, the novel Richard Yates, with the main characters, <sighs> Haley Joel Osment and Dakota Fanning, mm-hmm. where they're just like, I hate both of them. Yeah. But they feel real. Mm-hmm. And here, I hate both Remy and Alicia for different reasons and different ways than I hated those. Yeah, but I don't they really also, hate Alicia, but... I, she, she's not cool. She's not good. <laughs> but like... I guess, yeah, she, no, she's pretty toxic. You're right. But they're, they feel real. Yeah. I would be the Jake... But also, like, I wouldn't live with them. But, like, I'm just like, ugh. Uh, it reminded me of, of um, uh, weirdly, I've only seen a trailer for it, but it made me think of Bodies, 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 and, uh, like, that kind of movie. Okay. This sort of, like, very contemporary, 
The movie will probably be out by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, maybe like, not. Like, like it seems, it seems like they're using um, the language of mental health and social justice in it. They're, they're weaponizing that language, but that language is like learned and absorbed through the internet. So it's like when it's deployed in real life, it almost always sounds like a joke. But I think that's like that's what's exciting me about this this whole module is that it feels like. We've read new books in both of the first two seasons, but this feels like for the first time it's entirely new themes. Yeah. Which is exciting to me. Right, because the internet is, it's something we're still, like, campuses have existed for forever. Grief has existed for forever. But, like, the internet is providing us with new language and new ways to process emotions and stuff like that. And I think it's also, it's changing things in the way that campuses and grief are changed by things. Okay. It's more active. Yeah, that's a great point. Any other thoughts about A Touch of Jen? I kept picturing Penn Badgley as the as Remy. Who's Penn Badgley? Uh, Penn Badgley is, uh, you may know him from Gossip Girl. I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, you may know him from Margin Call. You've seen Margin Call? No. What's Margin Call? Man, you gotta watch Margin Call. That movie fucking rules. We have such an overlap in what we've seen, and you've named like five things this episode and I and they're like my favorite things sorry man um yeah gossip girl uh yeah i do like gossip girl um my cat ed wiswick pen badgley he's he's have you we have you watched you oh he's the main guy in you i think he's the main guy in you i don't know i haven't i haven't watched you i know he's on you so you were picturing remy as him yeah oh yeah yeah he's the main guy in you and then initially uh, when thinking about Jen, I thought of the girl from uh, Red Rocket, but that girl's way too young. Because you think of these characters as being really, really young, but they're not. They're like 30-something. Yeah. So uh, she could be um, – I mean, there are a million people that she could be. You know who I was picturing? This does not fit at all because Horus is like – basically personifies like a Greek god. Like he's just like tall and tan and like good at things and rich and blah, blah, blah. But that guy – what's his name? George Basil? Do you know him? No. You've seen him in things. He's like the neighbor in uh, this guy. I don't know who that is. He's from Girls. He's in Crashing. He's been in a bunch of things. But he's kind of like, plays like a sort of a stoner, hippie kind of burnout kind Uh of guy. But just like that type of like, like if he was more carved out of marble or whatever. Because it feels like Horace is like, holy shit, like how could I ever compete with him? Yeah, like, he could be uh, pre-cannibal Army Hammer or something like that. Just call him Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's too old. Is he? I don't know. I feel like Henry Cavill's, like, 50. I don't know. This is not... It's not important. Henry Cavill's 39. One year older than me. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm 58. He just... He just turned 39, too. He was born in 1983. Not in New Jersey, just in... Where's Jersey? What is Jersey? Fucking England. Yeah, that's true. Obviously. All the news in America are, Jesus Christ, Joey. I ought to, sometimes, I just ought to, like, I want to kick you in the head with an iron boot. Army Hammer's 35. Okay. All so right, well, America. whatever. I don't know, but I think this is, it feels like something that will be a movie. We didn't talk about, talk to Bud about, I, I felt weird asking Bud about, like, who'd you picture, or who would you picture? Like, I didn't want to talk about, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's not important. But I think that's two in a row that are very easily... This is more difficult, I think, to make because, like, I think if you get the creature wrong, it's going to be horrific. 
Yeah, I don't know. What does it look like? I, I, I said I said to you off air that I was thinking of it as the monster thing that you don't really see in Twin Peaks The Return. I was picturing it as a Pokemon. Yeah, of course you were. Pokemon called Sableye. Yeah, how do you know that shit? Are you a Pokemon dude? Yeah. What are, why are we revealing this? Is it because, Well, I guess you grew up with Pokemon, huh? I did. Yeah. I'm like a little too old for Pokemon. Yeah, I it came it came around when I was like 11, which meant that you would have been like 15 or 16. Which is too old for Pokemon. Which is too old. Right? So like I I missed it entirely and I yeah, um no, and like all of my friends were obsessed with it like it was a thing. Yeah, so it's not some I do like Mr. Mime. Yeah. Uh, you know there's Mime Jr.? I don't know. I don't know that there's a Mime Jr. I only know anything that I know about this I know from students talking to me about Pokemon. I'm going to show you Mime Jr. Then we're going to read Meg's email. Mime Jr. is a baby Mr. Mime. Pretty cute. I guess, if that's what you want to call that. All right. Get to the Egg's email. We have... Wait, did you think of any other casting or no? Uh, no. I mean, I think I think you can you can mine contemporary, uh, contemporary novels. Like, I think that... Uh, it's funny that we spent an entire season, like... Can't fucking cast anything. They're all eighteen people, eighteen-year-old people, and then here we actually <laughs> right, can right. cast. But like your brain, like you're saying, no, you, you know, say- you know who would be good is um the uh, I forget her name from Shiva Baby. She'd be good. Rachel Senate. Yeah, she'd be she'd be good. As uh, Alicia. As Alicia, and then um I don't know who you'd cast as uh Jen. Jen. Um, maybe like uh. Someone kind of hot. Like, you need... I mean, most <laughs> actresses are hot. Someone... Uh, I think for this uh, actress, we should uh, cast someone that's attractive. Really narrows things down. Micah Monroe, maybe? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I mean, she she always seems really young to me. But, again, I was thinking of the girl from Red Rocket, but I think I was, like, overly focused on red hair, which you don't need to be because anyone can dye their hair any color. Like, what? We have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me. Meg's reaction to a touch of gin. Meg read this book like two months ago. Meg read this book while I was still reading the instructions, I feel like. Yeah, she got way she got way ahead of us. And then like took time off. Good for her. Yeah, she she deserves it. You deserve a break, Meg. Happy for you, Egg. I don't have a lot to say about this one. I was surprised at how much I liked this book. It was a lot of fun. I liked that there were seemingly four distinct twists or sections, but then it still turned out to be about all of them in the end. Number one Social media is bad for your mental health. Talked about that. Number two, a horror movie type deal with Alicia trying to become Jen. Sure. Number three, oh, we also didn't talk about Ingrid Goes West, which I feel like is a very uh, nice thing to pair with this in terms of like becoming obsessed with like a social media influencer. Yeah, definitely. Number three, Remy grieving the loss of Alicia. And number four, slasher or supernatural horror. Had this book been a little longer, I would have liked to have seen more scenes with Alicia as Jen. I agree. That was the most interesting storyline. I could have done. I could have done another fifty pages of this book with that being fleshed out a little bit. I read it very quick. I read so it all I. on a plane. Yeah. yeah, I also read it all on a plane. That's not true. I read none of it on a plane. But you were on a plane recently. Yeah, but I didn't read this book on the plane. When I was on that plane, I read a book called Osama. Why are you reading that on a plane? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I read a book uh, by Chloe Caldwell, which was a menstruation memoir. Cool. Uh, I was unaware that that was the content of the book before I started reading it, but then I read it and I learned a lot about PMDD. Um, and I read the Alexandra Kleeman novel, Something New Under the Sun, um, 
which we might read for something else. Yeah, I read a lot. And this is all since you read A Touch of Jan. No. No. This, this, is, all, is, before. this is all before I read. Bob, we have another email, though. No kidding. Mm-hmm. From, From Clancy Larson. Re How to Win the Lottery podcast, episode 7, August 2021. Let's hear it, Clancy. And I emailed Clancy back, and I was like, hey, can we read this on the podcast? And she said, yes, absolutely. Episode 7, is that Amber Tamlin? No. Close, though. Hi, podcast team. I'm a very recent listener drawn in by your double feature on LF Bachuman. Fucking A. The, the Idiot is one of my favorite novels of all time, and I loved your in-depth discussion of it, especially the Ivan Pylon, fuck that guy. <laughs> I also haven't really read this. I skimmed the email, and I told her that I skimmed the email. Yeah, word. Fuck Ivan. I haven't read either or yet, so I'll put off listening to that episode till I have, but I'm looking forward to it immensely. I hope she means our episode. Maybe she does. I was joking that, like, she's looking forward to the episode more than the book. I know she's looking forward to the book, but also she may look at, oh, who knows. I went back to listen to some older episodes while I worked today and settled in on the colorless Sukuru Tazaki episode. I'm a big Murakami fan, though conflicted in many ways, and actually wrote my honors thesis on this fiction back in 2016. Oh, sweet. I'm aware this episode is from almost a year ago, which, again, we've said, <laughs> right in about whatever, <laughs> yeah. whenever. Yeah. Like the, like the Shakira song. Mm-hmm. These hips don't lie either. Right. But I thought I'd weigh in regardless of the off chance you might find it interesting. First off, in my opinion, Colorless Sukurizaki has to be his worst novel. All right. Because <laughs> that we, we famously did not like that book. A man who likes trains. A boy who likes trains. Yeah. I was totally with you when you described it as essentially a book about, about a guy who was in the trains. <laughs> did not know that was in here, but yes, that's exactly what that book is. I didn't find it compelling, really, at all. The only other of his works that competes for the bottom spot for me is the short story collection Men Without Women. Yeah, I read that. I wasn't wild about that one either. I was really interested in your analysis of the gender dynamics in the novel. My thesis title was Parallel Worlds, colon, Myth, Gender, and the Female Body in the Fiction of Murakami Haruki. I didn't touch on colorless Tsukuruzaki in it because I don't think it was out yet in Australia at that point. She's from Australia. I did analyze, amongst others, 1Q84, Sputnik Sweetheart, Kafka on the Shore, and the Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. My perspective on his writing in general is that he's concerned with interrogating, or in parentheses, disrupting traditional narratives of masculinity and he does that so he does and that he does so quite well there was a comment during the podcast about murakami's ability to write female characters i think you brought this up and i agree that his female characters are sorely lacking in subjectivity rather they exist as an object through which the male protagonist can discover learn or otherwise overcome an obstacle they're basically archetypes serving as assistants to the protagonist in his quest in my thesis I drew a comparison between his female characters and traditional feminine archetypes in Greek and Japanese mythology. Clancy's so much smarter than me. <laughs> me too. Unbelievable. <laughs> me too. This is why I'm sort of conflicted Murakami fan. He does such an excellent job of satirizing traditional... She uses the British the OU, but satirizing with an S in the middle threw me for a loop there. I can't believe I got that right <laughs> on the first try. Satirizing traditional masculinity, and he creates these pathetic, philosophical, inactive male protagonists that for the most part, don't achieve success or happiness in a meaningful way. I just don't think this level of insight or interrogation or even selfhood is extended to the female characters in his novels. A lot of the time, they're just there to progress the plot or offer some motivation or challenge or, like you said, to suck the protagonist off in his dreams. I mean, especially, especially in Colors, Sukuna Tazaki. And I think, like, that might be... The, the fact that it's the guiltiest of... of 
all of his novels of that might be why it's one of his less effective novels. Um, I, of the, of the books that she, that she mentioned that she wrote, I like, I like some of them a lot. I like 1Q84 a lot. Um, I should reread Sputnik Sweetheart and, and Wind Up Burke. I don't think I haven't read Wind Up Burke Chronicle. I read the only one that I read I don't remember anything about was Hard Boiled Wonderland at the end of the mm-hmm. world, which I remember mm-hmm. really, really liking a lot, but I don't remember anything about that. Yeah, but but I think I think like there's no question. I don't really remember how our conversation I mean I remember how it went, but I don't remember the specific specific things that we said. There's not really any question that the the female characters are, are like really underserved in in that particular yeah. novel so i uh, yeah i'm i'm with clancy oh by the way i've always loved you why didn't you say anything <laughs> fucking god damn it <laughs> anyway i just thought i'd chime in because i really enjoyed your interpretations and was so pleased to come across a podcast that has already addressed some of my favorite authors keen to keep listening thanks and sorry for the unsolicited essay clancy writing from australia uh look clancy it's solicited uh you know write about whatever any of these stuff that you want write about if you have books that you want us to, to talk about or anything like that, feel free to write in about that, too. Um, if they fit in with a module, we'll try to make them work. Um, otherwise, I don't know, there's a chance that one of us would have read them anyway, and we can just uh, spitball on it a little bit. And by one of us, you mean you. Oh, come on. You've read some Dean Koontz books. I just pre-ordered his new book today because it's on sale for six ninety nine on Amazon. All right. Um, yeah, that's great. I'm so happy that, that, that Clancy is enjoying the, the pod. Yeah, we got that email uh, a week or two ago, and I was just like, ooh, should I tell Bob? No, no, no that's it. I love it. I love it. I will say that like it was the same thing with like Too Fast when we got their first email from somebody like, who wasn't a friend. I was just like, ooh. Like, I remember where I was when I got the email. I was like, this is so exciting. <laughs> I mean, we have 31,000 listeners. I understand that. But like... Yeah, is it 31? We're going up? We're 31. There's something exciting about... Like, I love Egg. I've never met Egg. I might never meet Egg. I've been on the Zoom with Meg. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, um, also, uh, Mazel Tov to, to, uh, to the Egg, who uh, just got engaged. Mm. I, I meant to, yeah, that, that's something, we'll throw, throw that out there. The Egg and, and, and Zach, uh, congratulations, folks. Cool. Congrats to the Egg. Yeah. Does the ring fit around? I just, when we call her Egg, I just picture her as an anthropomorphic egg. Like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Yeah. So does the egg just go around this the top is not, of her head? This is, that's not flattering. I love eggs. All right. Uh, very weird. Um, anyway. anyway, yeah, mazel tov to, to Egg and Zach. Is it, like, I love when Egg wrote, writes in, Desiree has written in, Jess is, Montez has written in. But to have somebody, like, just feel comfortable enough and have something to share, it's cool. If you want to share. Yeah, we know. We, guys, we get the numbers. We know the people are listening who aren't writing in. So send us more emails lottery at cageclub.me you can also always stop by joey's house which is at 54 <laughs> i thought you were gonna say something but you started okay wow all right i'll stop we're at lottery pod on twitter patreon.com slash lottery pod lottery at cageclub.me keep reading yeah today's crime is uh uh pirating DVDs because you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't download a car. No, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't download <laughs> you a car. You definitely wouldn't download a car. I think that's a racer track thing. You wouldn't download a car. 